Welcome to City Church. We are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church, encouraging everyone to follow Jesus, grow together, and serve others. We're excited to share this sermon with you today, and you can always find out more about us online at citychurchseville.com. What I want to do this morning is I want to talk to us about the importance of understanding what time it is, what time it is. We began this Kingdom of God series, which is going to last us through the entire year. We're going to preach the Kingdom of God all year long, what it is and how we live in it and through it. But we began the sermon series at the first of the year by taking a look at Mark chapter 1, verse 15. And in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, here's what Jesus says, the time has come. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. And in Jesus' day, when he stood up and said, the time has come, everyone knew, every Jew knew what he meant. Because for over a 1,000 up to 1,500 years, the prophets had been saying, God would do a new thing. And there would come a time. And when that time came, you would know it, that the time had come. And so Jesus stands up and announces that the time has come and that the kingdom of God is near. And the gospel to Jesus is this. Here's what the good news is. The kingdom of God is here. That's what the gospel is, the good news is to Jesus. And so when we look at scripture, we discover that Jesus announced that it was time. It was time. Two weeks ago, my son preached for me. I was actually away with the UVA wrestling team. I'm the volunteer chaplain slash life coach, and we were away at the Hampton Arena for a wrestling tournament with a bunch of universities, and it was there where uh, I think I contacted COVID, and my time had come for COVID. <laughs> So I was there with the wrestling team, came home two days later, began to have a cough, and my wife said, you need to get tested, and I did, and COVID came up positive. And so that meant my time had come, and even though I had mild symptoms, last Sunday I wasn't able to preach because of COVID, so I stayed home. I had some symptoms still, so I stayed home. But the reality of it is, throughout life, the time comes to us in a lot of ways, but Jesus was crystal clear that in his ministry and in his life, his message, the gospel, the good news is this. The kingdom of God is here. It's time. Now, when you start thinking about time, I want us to kind of have a sense of things because as my son taught two weeks ago, that the kingdom of God is something you must learn. It's very clear in the scriptures that Jesus went around and taught about the kingdom of God. He taught it. So the kingdom is something that is caught, but it's also taught. And it's very important to understand what the kingdom of God is. And by the way, for those of you maybe who haven't been with us for a while, we are literally in the middle today of a 14-day in-depth study on the kingdom of God. My son and I, my son's a theologian, we put together 14 daily videos 
And we also published, this the staff here published this workbook that's a companion to those 14 days of teachings. I would encourage you that if you have not gone through that teaching course, you haven't started it, those workbooks are available in the back. Take as many as you need and uh, log on to the City Church website and you'll find that 14 days worth of teaching. But the reality of it is, the kingdom of God is something Jesus taught. It's something that we learn, we're discipled into it. Now, when we begin to look at the kingdom of God, the idea of time again becomes important. I believe that a good way to illustrate time is to utilize the most spiritual sport there is in the kingdom of God, and it's wrestling. I could use the shot clock from basketball, but basketball and football, those are ungodly sports, and I'll tell you why. They never appear in the scriptures. The sport that appears in the scriptures that's holy and righteous and part of the kingdom of God is wrestling. It's what's there. Now, let me explain about time in wrestling. In wrestling, if you don't know this, wrestling can be really confusing. So when you go to the UVA Virginia Tech match in a couple of weeks and you're there to cheer on the UVA wrestling team, here's something you need to know. In wrestling, in collegiate wrestling, as well as in high school, but I'll use collegiate wrestling, um, there are actually two clocks that run. And if you look at the scoreboard, you're going to see this. You're going to see a larger dominant clock, and that has a countdown on it. And in the first period, there are three periods. The first period is three minutes, second period is two minutes, and the third period is two minutes. Total of seven minutes. And so when you're watching as a fan, you will notice that there's this countdown. But there's always a smaller clock that's less obvious. That's the clock I want to talk about because wrestlers are always aware of the time and the coach is always shouting to them oftentimes about the smaller clock and that smaller clock is called riding time, riding time. And if you've ever watched college sports, if you're spiritual enough and close enough to God that you've observed uh, UVA wrestling, anyway, you've observed UVA wrestling, <laughs> What you'll discover is that oftentimes in the second period, one guy will start down, the other guy's on top. And what the guy on top is trying to do is hold and control the bottom guy for more than a minute. And that's riding time. And it's really hard to do that. But if you hold the guy for a minute and control him and he doesn't get escape from you and you get it up to a minute or more, you actually get a point at the end of the match. And a lot of college wrestling matches are won on riding time. It'll be two to two or three to three, and then the guy who's got more than a minute gets an extra point and wins. So riding time's a huge deal. But here's the problem with riding time. Let's say I'm on top in the second period, it's riding time and I hold my opponent down for a minute and a half. In the third period, I'm down, he's on top, and the amount of time he rides me gets deducted from my riding time. And so if you ever go to you, you'll hear the coaches yelling, a minute and 20 seconds, a minute and 10. And what they're trying to do is encourage the guy on the bottom, which would be me, to get out before I lose my riding time, before it goes below a minute. Does this make sense to everyone? Is everyone following? This is very spiritually important in the grand scheme of the kingdom of God. 
So what you'll discover is there are two clocks. There's the main clock that is counting down three minutes in the first period, two minutes in the second and third period, but there's a sub-clock called riding time, sorry, called riding time, and the coaches are always yelling the time. The guy in the bottom, get out. You got to get out in 10 seconds, saving his riding time. Or if he's on top, hold him down for another five seconds so you get the minute. So time is important. And for a wrestler to know what time it is, is huge. And what we discover through Jesus and the Newer Testament authors, that knowing what time it is in the kingdom of God is just as important. You got to know what time it is. And so when we look at the text, Jesus in Mark 1.15 announces the time has come. The kingdom of God is here. Now, what we discover in the teachings of Jesus is that the time has come and he proves it. So he just doesn't announce the time has come, he proves it. So when you look in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, how did the people know that the time had come? Not just because he said it, but they experienced it. And it says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news, which is the gospel of the kingdom. What did he teach and preach? The kingdom of God is here. It's time. And healing every disease and sickness among them. So not only did they hear the kingdom of God was coming and was here, but they were experiencing it. When the kingdom of God shows up, the brokenness and the dysfunction and the disease and the heartache of this world finds healing and finds restoration in the kingdom of God. Reading on it says, news about him, meaning Jesus, spread all over Syria and the people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. In other words, he didn't just announce the kingdom, he literally ushered it in. It is time. The kingdom of God is here. As a matter of fact, in Luke eleven twenty. Jesus speaking, he said, but if I drive out de demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When opposing evil forces are cast out and disease and brokenness and dysfunction are pushed back, the kingdom of God is here. Jesus said, it's time. Now, if you're a thinking person, you're sitting here saying, I've made the decision to follow Jesus. I follow him. He's my king. I live in his kingdom. But why is it that at times life can become very difficult or even filled with suffering? If the kingdom of God is here and it's time, things like this. You make the choice to follow Jesus and then you begin to pursue his will. And in the midst of seeking his will, you ask Jesus to get you into the University of Virginia. And he does. He opens the doors. You sense it. You've been praying. God opens the doors. So you enroll at UVA, and you're in the middle of God's will. Then you sit down, and you take a stats course or a biochemistry course. And you think to yourself, if I'm in God's will, how can this be so difficult? So you change your major to whatever else. Or 
You pray and you seek God because you're in the kingdom and you sense God calling you and leading you to marry a certain person and so you do and you're in God's will. And in the middle of that, you're in God's will, but you find marriage challenging and it's tough and it isn't easy and it feels confusing because I'm in God's will. How can stats be so difficult how can marriage, how can, how can this stuff be so challenging because I'm in God's kingdom, I'm in his will, I'm walking in and through the kingdom, I'm doing it, and yet I face these things. Why is that? The other thing is, is that some, many who are sitting here have made the choice to follow Jesus. And you said yes to him, and you heard the Spirit call you to follow, and you, oh, you responded to the call of Jesus, which is simple. It's follow me. That's what Jesus said. So you begin to follow him, and then life gets difficult. Life gets challenging. There's trials and temptations and even suffering. And so you begin to think to yourself, if the kingdom of God is here, and Jesus said it's time, what in the world is going on? And that's why we need to know what time it is. What time is it? You see, when you look at the teachings of Jesus, like in Matthew chapter 12, verse 32, listen to what Jesus teaches. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. And suddenly we find in the teachings of Jesus and in the Newer Testament writers, they begin to say this. In Jesus' discipleship in the kingdom, he will say this age or this present age. And then they will say the age to come. We see this not only in the teachings of Jesus, but the apostle Paul writes this as well. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present, what kind of an age? Evil age. According to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And suddenly what we discover is, not only are the writers saying that the time has come, the kingdom of God is here, but there's this age or this present age and then there's an age to come. And the issue is in the discipleship of Jesus, the apostle Peter, John, and Paul, they all teach us this present age is evil. It's evil. And the text just taught us that Jesus Christ has come to rescue us from the present evil age. You look in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Here's what Paul writes. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. What the Newer Testament writers teach us is that this present age is an evil one. Not only is it evil, but there is a ruler, a king, someone who rules, small k, that rules and is known as the kingdom of the air. 
And it's apparent that they have effect and they have impact and they work in and through those who choose to be a part of what's disobedient. Now, if we look at how the NIV just translated that, it says, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. That's an inaccurate translation. In the, in the original Greek, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, is literally the following. In which, you once, in which once you walked according to the age. The world of this, according to the ruler, of the authority of the air, the spirit now working in the sons of disobedience. You see, when you look there in Ephesians 2.2, you discover that the Greek word ahion is translated world in Ephesians 2.2, and it's not wrong. It's just they left out the word age because world cosmos is in that verse, but aion is left out, or aion is left out in the NIV. And the reason is the concept of age confuses us. But suffice it to say that when you see the word world or cosmos or age, it's a reference to now, this present age, this age, world. It's a focus on the world in which we live. Jesus also talked about this present age. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, in the parable of the sower and the seeds, Jesus says, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life, the Greek word's not life, it's aion. It's the Greek word for age. In other words, it should read, but the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word making it unfruitful. Here's the good news of the gospel. The time of the kingdom is here. But the time of the kingdom is in the middle of this present evil. And this present evil isn't stagnant. There's actually a force, a God small g, a kingdom small k, that opposes God's best in the world at every turn. Jesus taught it, the Apostle Paul taught it. And so when we think about time, it's very important that we know what time it is. You see, the Greek word for age is the Greek word aeon, and it literally means a space, a time. It's used to denote an age or a cycle of time, especially of the present age as contrasted with the future age and one of a series of ages stretching to eternity. It's where we get the English word eon from. Eon is a very large division of geological time. In other words, at times we'll call it the prehistoric age. That's how we're to look at it. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 4, the Apostle Paul picks up this idea. And here's what he says. And even if our gospel, our eungelion, the good news of the kingdom, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, the God of this age, small g, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. 
The Newer Testament from Jesus to the apostles let us know what time it is. It's a time where the age is evil. This present age has principalities and powers that oppose God's best for any and all in the kingdom of God. But Jesus speaks to this present age. Mark chapter 10, verse 30. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left homes or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. And what we discover in the kingdom of God is there are two ages that have overlapped. There's the time of the kingdom of God and there's this present age. And because of God's great love for us, what was to happen at the end of time has now been in Jesus brought into the middle of time. That the kingdom of God that was supposed to be at the end, God out of his love, grace, and mercy has brought Jesus and planted him in the middle of the evil age. How do we put feet to our faith? It's by looking at the kingdom of God as now and not yet. In other words, is the kingdom of God here in Jesus? Yes. Is it fully exposed? No. It's now, but not yet. So how do we put feet to our faith with this? Let me read for us Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. Here's Paul's prayer for us. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. In other words, even though the present age is evil, even though there's opposition to everything that the kingdom of God would want for you and for me and the created world in which we live, please know that the gospel, the good news, is that the kingdom of God is here in Christ and that he has power and authority and dominion over every name in this present age and the age to come. It's important to know what time it is. The time is a time where two kingdoms have overlapped. This present age is evil. But the kingdom of God, when it invades, brings peace and healing. And it turns back all that has happened as a result of the fall. But you and I live in the tension of that, and it's not easy. But that's why Jesus and the Newer Testament writers want you to know what time it is. Will there come a day where God and Christ will rule and reign? 
And everything that's broken and decomposed and decayed and dysfunctional and horrible and murderous and unkind and soul-shaming, will it be taken care of? Absolutely. But that will come on that day. But in Jesus, we get to experience the precursor of that. We get to experience the invasion of that day, that futuristic reality here and now in him. So always remember what time it is. The kingdom of God is here. And in him, we have the victory that we need in this present age. Would you stand with me as we pray? Let's take a moment to close our eyes in God's presence. In the last passage we read, the Apostle Paul says the following, that the same power, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and gave him victory over all this present age's evil and opposition dwells in you. The good news of the gospel is that the kingdom of God is here. But in the midst of the kingdom, we are constantly reminded by Jesus and the apostle Paul and others that this present age is evil. But the kingdom of God is here through Christ.